0: In this episode of the Unfold the Soul, Bless His Heart Leadership Podcast, I promise you the good, the bad, and the ugly. And today is some of the ugly baby trying to put deodorant over some funky ass arms. Girl, he reads from these journals he kept when he was a principal. Uncut and uncensored, putting all his business in the street. The podcast, Bless His Heart. The name, Ken Williams. I got terrible sleep last night, which did not help with the quest to get up early today. I really need to squeeze out more hours out of my day, and arriving to work early just gets me off to a better start. Anyway, once at work, things went pretty smoothly, except my head custodian informs me that one of his custodians was asleep for well over an hour kids were involved in testing all morning so it was relatively quiet now i know you waiting to hear if there's more to this journal entry but there isn't that was it but i promise you on the other side i'm gonna pull some things out of here that will make it worth your time to listen to today's episode to you I will skip this one this episode does not highlight my shining moments as a leader I'm going way beyond the the journal entry because it was brief but it just conjured up so many times where I ended up putting deodorant over funk you know what I'm talking about if you're a man who grew up as an active boy you may know what I'm talking about as a boy, playing outside with my friends was a priority and anything that got in the way of that was considered a negative in my life. I tried to minimize those things that got in the way of my play time so I could maximize play time. That included a, a dinner, getting in on time. I had to wait till it was called a third time and washing, washing. And so there were times where I come in and my mother was like, you need to wash like it's summer you out there funky and uh, you know I, I I realize now that I would spend more time trying to fake like I'd taken a bath you know running some water swishing my right arm my right arm was the cleanest in Queens, New York swishing my arm around the water and then letting the water out of the tub and then trying to you know, get back into some clothes and to, so I can get back outside. But my mother, I don't know, she knew all the tricks, God rest her soul, man. She'd call you over. And she had a way of just grabbing your upper arm and locking it back like a like a, a UFC move, like an arm bar. Like she just had your hand, like you were raising your hand high in the air and you couldn't put it down. And she'd come in for that sniff and she knew every time when I was trying to put deodorant over funk. Now I know now, as an adult, just wash. Because deodorant over... Deodorant's not made to cover funk. Existing funk. And that's... If I had to describe my legacy with head custodians, I spent a lot of time putting deodorant over funk. First of all, doggone it. I I, I regard your custodial crew, they're almost like insurance. You know? You almost take for granted when you've got a clean building, um, just like a, a, a good refereeing crew when they don't make themselves the center of attention in the game, they just they just do the work. Like you notice the players, but they just blend into the background, and not in a negative way. Like we don't appreciate them or they don't belong with us. It's just their work just allows what you do to flow so smoothly. Sometimes you don't notice. Now these days, when I consult with schools, if I walk into a clean building. I find a custodian, let them know you keep a clean, you and your crew keep a clean build. And I always ask them, how big is your crew? Because it is a big deal because I never got it right. Now, I've hired some good custodians, but it's my head custodians. I mean, just that journal entry, my head custodian informed me that one of my custodians was asleep for well over an hour. This is a leader. This is a school. (laughs) He is a school leader. He is a leader at our school and his first course of action was to come run tell me you know and I didn't hire him I inherited him and I'll be honest he was not high on the priority list of uh, you know moving folk out or trying to reform them I was trying to do stuff on the fly so many instructional issues adult issues with my quote unquote certified staff good lord I didn't get to my head custodians, but man, just, it, it <laughs> the fact that he is the head custodian and he sees one of his, um, one of his team asleep and he wasn't afraid of people. It's just leadership is more than a title, man. And it matters. Leadership matters. I swear, I'm, I'm telling you, and, and here's how, you know, leadership matters I've hired several really good custodians in my years, but never a head custodian. And even though I hired really good custodians, the custodial team was never great where I was. Never. Never. Why? Because of the head. The leader. The leader sets the tone. And there are times when, you know, I-, I wondered if I was dealing with fifth graders on a playground the way they would bicker like kids but it all started at the top so you know what I'm gonna do I'm gonna take a, take a few minutes and we gonna do I'm gonna do some bitching and moaning here I'm gonna give you some history <laughs> about how my deodorant over and my history with custodians so I just goodness man if you can't get the leadership right it just the organization just never thrives the way it needs to so at my first school it was a smaller school, you know, and everything's relative, but there's a pre-K-5 elementary school, 320 kids, and in our district, in Montgomery County Public Schools, it was pretty, it was relatively small. And apparently, there used to be three full-time custodians at the school. Fine. That's fine. By the time I got there, the district had made a decision to only have Two and a half custodians instead of three. Now, apparently, this had been pl- in place for several years, but to my head custodian there, he had PTSD about it, and for him, it was an issue every single day. Mind you, this decision, I'm conservatively, happened three to four or five years before I arrived. But upon arrival, it's one of the first things I heard from, him, and he was a cool cat, you know, smooth little little slow moving sometimes. But he got the job, but you know, he could he could do the job, but he never got the job done because he was so bitter about them cutting them by half a man. That it seemed like he was out to prove that our building could never be completely clean. If you understand what I'm saying. Now, I'm sure you're trying to figure out how I'm going to make this connection and learning loss. But but here it is. I know my head custodian uh, didn't have negative intentions. We got along just fine. He just convinced himself that there was no way that building could ever be completely clean due to the cuts they made. Now, the fact is, it could have been clean. Absolutely. But in his mind, he decided that these circumstances impacted results so much that there's no way they're going to ever get the building clean. And I hear the same type of talk with learning loss. Like we've almost decided that this year's, this generation, this year's students can never achieve at high levels because of learning loss. And I hear more talk of this, not based on evidence, just based on perceived trauma, perceived disruption, perceived loss. And what we don't realize is, is what we focus on grows. And so when we're projecting, we're projecting brokenness onto students in subtle and overt ways, we've got to be careful about that. Because again, and if you follow my videos, you know I've talked about this. I don't hear anyone talking about how poor this uh, last year's crop of new teachers are or how poor or underprepared last year's crop of school leaders, new school leaders are. I don't hear anything about that. What I hear is the opposite. That if you're a new teacher, excuse me, and you came through the pandemic, well, damn, what, what can't you do? And if you were a school leader who took on a school during the pandemic and you came through and you coming back, shit, what, what can't you do? That's what I hear about adults. But with students, it's almost like we're subconsciously deciding they're never gonna be all they can be this year because of learning loss. And what it does, even though none of us say this out loud because it's really not a conscious thought, but it's really a subconscious thought, is we have co-signed on the excuse coincide on the excuses and then what does that do for you or to you it dampens your creativity your drive innovation problem solving all those things it lets us off the hook it lets us off the hook and again we can't have it both ways we can't keep celebrating how adults are better on the other side but our kids are broken it's just another built-in excuse check my video out from this past week about educator martyrdom, it's another form of it. That's what my custodian did, he made himself a martyr. He made himself a martyr. And so, please stop using learning loss as an excuse as to why kids can't learn. Because the most dangerous part of that is that if if you decide it, then you're right. So please stop using that as an excuse. And let's leverage our collective expertise and deliver on that promise for kids. And so... It was almost like... If if, if he ever got the building... Him and his crew got the building really clean... Then it would prove that the county was right... And I can't prove the county was right... And therefore... I'm going to half-ass it... In just enough areas... So that we're never pristine. And if it were just him... You know... That'd be one thing. But his young nephew... Worked there too... And... My God, man. The absenteeism. Here's another lesson, leadership lesson I learned. is my man T. I'm going to just call him T. I would sit down with him because he was a good worker, man. And he was like strong as an ox. And I had two other older cats. So I wanted to keep T on, man, because he was strong. But he was super inconsistent, missing days. And this is young in my leadership tenure when I'm still trying to Um, attitude everyone into compliance, right? So I'm bending over backwards. I'm trying to figure things out. I'm trying to get in his head. Is there something going on in his life? Why is it that he's missing so many days? So forth and so on. I remember changing his schedule, uh, splitting his schedule. Okay, if you don't have a car because your fiance has the car during these hours, then you know what? Do three hours in the morning, four hours at night. Like I came up with these absolutely fantastic schedules and he kept missing days and this was a seminal moment for me because i the epiphany hit me like a ton of bricks and I looked at him so I learned a couple of things one you can't want something worse than somebody, <laughs> somebody else wants it you can't want it bad enough for somebody else you can't it's impossible whether it's parenting leadership collaboration You can't want something for someone worse than they want it. And that's what I found. I'm sitting home on weekends and after work doing these uh, different configurations so he can, work, you know, he's able to keep his job. Because, of course, I got the sob story about all the debt and blah, blah, blah. And he's got to work. But again, but you bullshitting like you're not coming in. But then you give me these sob stories. And I still had, you know, I was still trying to, you know, the likability and everybody likes so the first lesson I learned was, and it, ironically, it happened right in front of him, because I'm sitting at the desk, I'm presenting one more fucking plan for him to get to work on time and, and thrive in this job, and he was still screwing up, and I just had this moment, I looked at him, and I said, hey, you know what, it just dawned on me, it seems like I'm working harder to make you successful than you are, so here's what we're going to do the next time you miss a day, I'm going to fire you. And that was the end of the meeting. And he uh, didn't miss any more days after that. I mean, he he just didn't. He he, he wrote out the rest of that year. But it just hit me, man. It's like, what am I doing? Why am I, you know, rearranging schedules and moving people around? Uh, You can't want it worse for someone. You can't want it more for someone than they want it for themselves. That's lesson number one. Lesson number two is much like last week with the devil you know versus the devil you don't there's a point you got to put pen to paper baby you got to put pen to paper you gotta put pen to paper oh god one more story so the other custodian there so there are three of them right two and a half in terms of hours to FTE but three total and the other one lord this bastard he was he was I could just tell back in his younger days, he was strong. He just looked like just stocky. But by the time I got there, you know, you're custodian, man. It's a physical job. And his ass was just shuffling around. And I don't mean like elder shuffle. Whatever. This bastard knew the ropes. Um, You know, my first experience was a district that was pretty union heavy. But I'm not a super attention to detail guy. At least I wasn't then. And what this bastard would do is he'd take, he'd be out sick for like, I'm just throwing a number out there, 20, 29 days. And what I learned was on the 30th day, I could replace him, but that SOB would come Shuffling in on that 30th damn day and work for two days and then take his ass out for another two weeks. So he kept working the system. Again, full of sob stories, uh, staff members in my ear about sob stories, you know, all these adult needs. But meanwhile, my building looks a hot mess. I'm opening uh, closets downstairs that are piled to the ceiling with black trash bags because these lazy bastards don't want to take the trash out to the dumpster. They'll just put it in the closet. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine a coat closet right off your kitchen? So instead of walking your kitchen trash out uh, to the driveway or wherever your trash cans are located, you just put, you just throw them in the closet, the closet fills up. Good Lord, man. Anyway, he slipped up. Because I had to start watching and start counting. He slipped up and stayed out 30 when he thought it was 29. And I got him. I got him. But it's just way too much energy to put in an area that. My gosh, man, when you got enough going on and you're having to deal with keeping a clean building and then, you know, dealing with interpersonal things. It's just. It was just a mess. So in between these people. I hired some good ones, but none of them were hired as a positional leader. And while things got better because I kept slapping deodorant over funk, my teams were never as great as they could have been. You know, if I had to do all over again, I would have loved to have hired a new head custodian. So that's my lesson there, man. Hopefully you pick something up from it this week good lord don't put don't put deodorant over funk baby do not put deodorant over funk you got the clean house got the clean you got to wash to make it right I got a book coming, baby. My first solo author published book, Ruthless Equity Disrupting the Status Quo and Ensuring Learning for All Students, will be out in December of 2021. Go to ruthlessequity.com to find out more. That's ruthlessequity.com. On the next episode of the Unfold the Soul, Bless His Heart Leadership Podcast, you can pass them up, you can pass them across, but you can't pass them down, baby. You you cannot, cannot pass them down. You've been listening to the Unfold the Soul, Bless His Heart Podcast with Ken Williams. For more information about Ken, visit unfoldthesoul.com.